0: So it's almost end of the year. Isn't it incredible? I mean, people have been speaking about every conversation I have, second conversation, people say, like, can you believe it's the end of the year? It's incredible. But if you think back in the last couple of months, October, November is a month where people and businesses and organizations usually do their planning for next year. All right, and right? And, and planning is one of those more important things that it, it shows you where you want to go, what you want to do, what, you, what God has... Um, Pressing on your heart to do, um, but during those moments of planning, it, uh, people get impacted by what's coming. Am I right? So they, they get impacted by what is coming next year. Now, some of the people that do planning and get impacted by what's coming next, year are infused, they are on fire, they just want to, they're so excited, they can't wait for next year. It's like, can't, can we just get there? And then you get some of us that's. Um, that's quite discouraging for us like ah oh, it's like i can't believe there's so many things happening next year i haven't even finished everything this year i've is there actually an end to this year is there is, will this year actually end i mean I, maybe you like that it's like i can't believe it's almost end of the year it doesn't feel like it <laughs> but there's a well-known quote that says that it is important to start right but it's imperative to end well And it's something God has been pressing on my heart this week that, Henny, how are you ending? Because I've been, I mean, to be honest, the last two weeks, I'm just like, I'm I'm getting that smell of holiday, you know. I don't know if you, when I grew up in Potch, you know, in Potch you actually can smell the summer and you can smell the winter. It's quite amazing, because it's a very dry climate, but you can smell the winter coming. You know it's coming, and usually the 1st of September you can smell the summer and spring. It's so amazing, I love that, but... But I started smelling holiday these last two weeks. And I thought, man, I, 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 can I go to the beach now? <laughs> can, can we just end up everything now? I want go to go on holiday. And we usually, when I grew up, we packed a car and we had a big thing. We had like um, 15 days of holiday. We go to uh, Hartenbos, and then the whole family goes. And it's just incredible time. I could just taste Packing the car, going to the beach. I mean, it's so amazing. So I had to keep myself, and God started speaking to me about, Henny, are you finishing well? Are you, um, everything that I've done, do you remember what I've done in the last eight months? And, and, and God has been arresting me with a quote from Bill Johnson that says, um, it's, more, it's worth more than to focus on what God is doing than what He isn't at the moment. And for me, it's sometimes we focus so much on, Lord, what are you? You haven't done all this that I'm asking you, and I have spoke about it last week. But, but sometimes God wants us to focus on what He is doing right now. And I've started to ask, Lord, just show me what you've done. What are you busy doing? What are you busy doing in my life and our lives now? And, and it's been amazing. And therefore, God's been speaking to me about, am I finishing well? And it's an important thing to speak about. And, and, and for me... It's something I want to speak on today. Is Do you still f- see the finish line? Or maybe you feel like this. I, I, I felt maybe I should, should name my sermon like this. Where is the finish line? Maybe you feel like you are, you're some of those that ask you, where is, is there actually a finish line? But there's a well-known scripture that Paul wrote about in, in Hebrews, and I always take myself back to this, and it says the following. It says, Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith isn't that amazing he initiates and perfects our faith isn't that amazing do you need faith well god initiates faith how by reading your word faith comes by hearing and hearing and then he perfects it as we hear the word as we get that scripture in our hearts um, that's another sermon but we go on, it says, Because of the joy awaiting Him, He endured the cross, disregarding its shape. Now He's seated in a place of honor beside, besides God's throne. Now there's so much in the Scripture. I love the Scripture. I mean, we've been quoting, preaching, reading Hebrews 12 so many times in my life. You know, it actually starts out with there's a cloud of witnesses that's around us, that's cheering us on, running the race with endurance. Now, there's one word in the scripture that always stands out to me. One word that jumps out to me every time I read this. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's because I was, I was a runner and I love sport, but it's the word endurance. Run with endurance. I love that word. God says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. See, Paul comes and he compares our lives to run a race with purpose. That he says that I've got Uh, your life is like a race, but there's purpose to your life. There's purpose. So run this thing with purpose in mind. But there will be a time that you're going to have to have endurance. You see, see, we all know our purpose in life, I hope. (laughs) I hope. But what he says is, we will need endurance somewhere along the line. You see, in speaking about endurance, it means that there will be a point in this race and in your life, I think there will be many points in your life, that you would be needing endurance. You would, like, you, you would come to a place where you feel like, I can't do this anymore. How many of you have gone there before? Many times. I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to lay in my bed, and I'm, I'm just going to stay there for the day. I'm not willing to keep on going, and w- I don't want endurance. Don't tell me about endurance. I mean, I mean it, th- does it actually ring a bell somewhere? But if you, th- if you look at the definition of the word endurance, it actually means a couple of things. It means straight up in the dictionary, it means the ability to withstand hardship and adversary. The ability to withstand hardship. And the other one is the ability to, s- to sustain a prolonged and stressful effort or activity. So to prolongly sustain that activity and just keep on going and keep on going. But the word for endurance in the Greek is actually hypomeneo. No, hypomeneo. Maybe, Johan, you can help me. But, but it's, I, I read an article that spoke about this word, that Paul spoke about, endurance. And it's, it's a word that comes from the word hypomeneo. It's a Greek word that means um, to bear or to, to carry. And um, hypo means, what is hypo again? Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's more. It's, it's to carry something heavy and more. But, but to, to translate it for us directly, it's just to bear a heavy weight on your shoulders and then to endure with that heavy weight. So Paul says, it's not just endurance, it's to endear with something that you carry. Something that you owe, there's a weight on your shoulders. So when he speaks about endurance, he says that there is a weight on your shoulders. Now endure with it. endure with it. Keep on going. See, the word, uh, the, the, the word endurance in, 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 in that Hebrew actually means, to, uh, or in Hebrews, what, what Paul speaks, actually means to carry a burden while running. Sure. To carry a burden while running and enduring till the end. Yeah. Not just, I mean, how many of you have, um, did, did, when you, uh, if, if you looked at the strongman competitions, where they do the, um, the farmer's walk. Do you know the farmer's walk? Where they carry these heavy loads on both arms, yeah. and then they have to see who carries this stuff the furthest, but it's very weighty. So every time I go and fill up our, our water containers at, at, at Oasis, I've got two 25 litre cans that I carry. And it feels like I'm farmers walking. And then I always thought, how far do I think, can I go with this before my hands give in? Or, but, but Paul actually speaks about something on your shoulders that you've been carrying. And it's so amazing. It's like, how long will you be, be able to endure with this while running with it? Now the Greeks were a very competitive nation. From where Paul looked at this thing and where he translated the Scriptures from, he had a Greek context of sport. And Paul loved sport. He spoke about sport and endearing and run the race and um, be like a boxer, not giving up. And if you look at 1 Corinthians 9.24, it's, it's amazing how Paul, but, but the Greeks were a very competitive, very competitive nation. They invented the art of competitive running. That's where it comes from. Um, if you look at um, what happens in Athens and how they did the Olympic Games and where it came from. But there were many races during the Olympic competitions. Some was the, the, the most um, well-known was the marathon. There was hurdles, there was this, there was throwing stuff. There was but there was one race outside of the Olympic program or competition that everybody knew about, but it wasn't part of the Olympics, but it was while during the Olympics. And it was more highly regarded than any other race during the Olympics. And it was called the torch relay. Yeah. it sound familiar? Yeah. The torch relay. Nowadays, the torch relay is a symbolic thing that they run, and they give the torch, and they all shout and wave, and then they come into the stadium, and then they light the flame, and it's so amazing. Now the games stop, But in those days, that was the most highly regarded race of the Holy Olympic events. But it wasn't part of the program. But it, for the people, it was. I'm going to read something that, that was, I, can't, I can't word it this good, so I'm going to just read it as I, I read this history part. It says, The race which started the modern-day Olympic torch race and ceremony took place in the streets and alleys of Athens. Ten or twelve men would assemble before the city fathers, each carrying a torch, a simple bounded bundle of twigs, inset in a hollow container. The twigs were coated with tar, and then one by one, each, tor- each torch um, was lit from the same flame. On, on their marks, the runners would set out as a group and guided along a course that would be laid out among the city streets on which obstacles and barriers had been placed. The object of the race was to cross the finish line with your torch still lit. You could not stop and put the torch down or prop it anywhere. You had to hold it high and run with it as, uh, with as much integrity as possible. In this, race, in this race was seldom won by the fastest or the strongest, but it all depends upon timing and rhythm. To keep that torch lit required to, um, the ability to hold it properly, shield it from objects along the route um, and held away from the wind. If you ran too fast, you might put the flame out. If you ran too slow, the tar might burn up completely before you reach the finish line. If a runner's torch flamed out, there was no relighting it. He was forced to drop out. The winner of the race was the first man to cross the finish line with his torch still lit. Winning was therefore dependent on endurance, not speed. Now I love this story. Isn't it so amazing? Because we live in a culture that we need to win with all costs. I mean, the fastest and the strongest are the heroes, the winners. That's the people people look up to. But when Paul said that the most, the most important thing about this race of life is to endure, while carrying the burden. Now, now it's not a burden of like, oh, we also burdened. every one of it. But it's something that God has given us. It's a flame we're running with. With integrity. That do something with the people around us. It's not necessarily a burden. We need to understand that very correctly. Because we're not under the law. We're under grace. We have a new covenant that says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus came. He took the burden on, on himself. He won the victory so that we have a torch that we can run with. As I said... We are reaching the end of the year and usually we, we come to like we're aiming for the finish line but all of us is like where is the finish line? Oh my goodness! Is there actually something like that? So those people on holiday we love you but we don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that many a times. But my love is stronger than my like. <laughs> now I was sitting in my devotion a couple of months ago and I came across my notes that I wrote and I remember it was such a defining moment for me and I was sitting in my devotion one morning and I was struggling through a, a really something that morning. That, a thought a fear that I was struggling through a challenge in, my, in our lives and our family. And, and I was in prayer and I was just I didn't even want to read my Bible because I didn't even know where to go to. And all of us have been to that place in our lives before and I was just praying, praying and I just said Lord where are you? Where are you, Lord? I said, I can't take the stress and the fear of this challenge anymore. I don't think I'm going to make today. I don't think even thinking about if I'm going to make this year or we as a family are going to make this year. And I was just, I laid my heart before the Father. And and in a moment, I saw the Father coming and He put a crown on my head and on the crown stood peace. And He started ministering peace to me. That was such an amazing moment. I was lying on my couch because <laughs> I wasn't up for sitting up and I was just lying there and I couldn't get up. And later on as I could get up, the Lord took me took me to the scriptures and he took me to Psalm 23. And I opened the psalm and I was so I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced the, the true peace of God, but it is so it's, it's such an incredible ministry moment. And I just went to Psalm 23. Although I've written, uh, um, although I have read it a thousand times, I went there and I read it out of the New Living Translation. It said, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And that's how far I got. And I went back to the straight and God started ministering line to line, ministering to me to such a degree that I felt, yes, I can see the finish line and I'm so infused, I'm so excited about what is coming about this year. I'm I'm even excited about next year and what is coming. To such a degree that, that I felt that let's go. Let's get this day started. Now I want to break this four verses down for us. And and I I really trust the Lord that it ministers to us this morning. So that we look at the end of the year and say, yes, I'm going to finish well. And so so let's dive into it. The first one is, the Lord is my shepherd. There we go, it's working. The Lord is my shepherd. Firstly, David wrote the psalm immediately. When he wrote the psalm, he immediately declared who God is to him. His first moment it said, Lord, you are my shepherd. You are my shepherd. You see, God is his shepherd, but he also, we're talking about us. He said that God is our shepherd. It's a very significant thing about a shepherd. A very significant thing about a shepherd is that a shepherd feed, he lead, and he protect the sheep that he's looking after. He feed them, takes them to the meadows, to the grass. He leads them where they need to go and then, and then he protects them. And he, don't even, he, 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 he doesn't just protect them during the day, he protects them during the night as well, to animals that comes into the pasture and want to, wants to kill the, the sheep. He protects them night and day. It's a constant thing about protection. The, sh- the shepherd is so committed to every sheep that we know that the Bible speaks about that he will leave all the sheep and go and look for the one who wandered away. So committed is the shepherd to all of his sheep. Now I read this story about a shepherd um, in the highlands of Scotland. And I know it's very mountainy in, in, in Scotland. I don't know if you've if, who, who has ever been to Scotland. It's, it's um, mountains and valleys and it's beautiful. And this, um, somebody was speaking to the shepherd in the, highlands of, uh, in, the, in the highlands there, and he said that he was talking about the sheep and he's asking him, do sheep actually wander away? Because he was reading the scriptures and he wanted to know. and the, the shepherd said, oh yes, a lot. He says, when I'm up in a mountain where, where, where there's pastures to feed on, in, there's patches down in the cliffs that it has very sweet grass. It's the only patches whose grass tastes incredible. And his sheep will wander away and what they will do is they will jump sometimes three, four meters off a cliff to that little patch there to eat all that grass that is very sweet. And he says well what do you do then he says no i'll leave them i leave them to eat all the grass in that patch and then i look till they're very faint and they don't have any strength left and then i go and get them and the the guy said well why do you do that why don't you just go immediately and get him he says it's, it's actually quite funny i mean the sheep are so foolish that if they see i'm coming down they'll run off the cliff that's how much they want that grass he says so i just wait they're tired, till they faint and then I go and get them. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that exactly how God is to us? He'll come and get us at the moment we've, we've given up trying to save ourselves. Until we, 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 we tried and we tried ourselves, until we give up said, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it myself. See, He waits patiently for us until we Until he can step in. He just waits patiently. Does it sound familiar? (laughs) Lord, I have found this amazing opportunity. I'm going to do it. And then later on, you're dead and tired and you've ate all the grass and it's like, Lord, where are you? And then he'll come. And he'll rescue us in that place where I was in that morning. and I just realized, Lord, I've never given you the opportunity to step in. I've never given you that opportunity to step in. See, but when, when we find that any opportunity far from the shepherd isn't worth more than the opportunity close to him, that's where we need to be. Any opportunity far from the shepherd is not worth more than the opportunity close to him. That's why we need to stay close to the shepherd. We need to stay close to where we are safe when we understand that who our shepherd really is then we will really understand the second verse or the second line if you understand who the shepherd is then you'll understand the second line if my i have all that i need the lord is my shepherd i have all that i need so we need to realize that god knows our needs like a shepherd knows his sheep isn't it amazing I mean, you, you, I mean, every shepherd you speak to knows every sheep that he has. He counts them when they walk out. He counts them when they come back. He knows his sheep. And the sheep have no doubt that their need will be met if they just stay close to the shepherd. They just need to stay close to the shepherd. You see, in Philippians 4, Paul quotes, or he speaks about make a statement that describes this so good. I love Philippians 4. It's one of my favorite portions in the Bible. And it says the following. If my scripture. There we go. It says, "I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty." How many of us can say that? I know what it is to have everything I want, and I know what it is to have nothing. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he says, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. How many of us quoted that scripture? Philippians 4.13 I am strong, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. No, you are quoting it wrong. Because he is actually speaking about finances. He's speaking about needs. He's speaking about wants in our lives. See, when the sheep stay close to the shepherd, they are content in every situation because they know the shepherd are compassionate towards them. They know they just need to stay close to him. That's why Paul can say, I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me because he knows he's he's in a place of contentment. He had everything, now he has nothing. And he's hungry. But he says, doesn't matter where I am. I'm content in Christ. Because I know who I am in Him. Like Stephen said this morning, when we all know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that blessings will follow us. We don't have to go and look for blessings. And that's why Paul said, I can do anything because my contentment is in God. I know the shepherd. I know Him. I stay close to Him. And because I know Him and I stay close to Him, I know all my needs are met. All my needs are met. See, David wrote this as a shepherd who knew that the sheep will have all they need, all their needs met because he is there. He knew it. He knew when he's there, the sheep are fine. They're okay. Then he comes to the second verse. He says, let, He lets me rest in green meadows. He let me rest in green meadows. See, God wants us to live our lives from a place of rest not aiming for a place of rest how many times have I found myself that I'm aiming for a place of rest oh I can't wait for holiday I'm just like whoo then I can rest no we live from a place of rest and that morning when God touched me and I sat there and he just ministered to me with with that incredible peace that only God can give I realized that I need to live from that place I can't aim for this every day I need to live from it. See, when God created the heaven and earth in Genesis, He created all things first. And He came to the sixth day, and He created man. And immediately when He created man, or Adam, he, He gave him His job description. He said, go and be fruitful and multiply. And then go and reign and rule to everything on earth. That's your job description. That was the sixth day. And then the seventh day came out and he just got his job description. What was the first thing God said him to do? Okay, now rest. Now we're going to rest. Just think how funny that is. You come to a new job. You've got your job description. Next day you're going to start working. You get to the work. It's like, hey, we're resting today. Just back out later. I mean, that would be weird. But that's exactly what God did. He said, I want you to teach you from the beginning... That what is the basis of work and of who you are it comes from a place of rest it comes from that place of rest see God created us to rule and reign but from that place of rest so let's look at what, what the verse says further he says he let me rest in green meadows in green meadows now the prophetic meaning for the color green I love looking at prophetic meanings and prophetic colors, and God is a God of color, isn't it? Now, green, actually, the, the definition for green, prophetic uh, definition for green, is prosperity and health and, and, and wealth. Prosperity, wealth, and health. Isn't that amazing? When the sheep comes to the resting meadow, what does it mean? It's green. The green meadows, enough grass for me, I've got prosperity. When I eat the grass, I will be healthy. I Look how wealthy I am. So he says, I will bring you to a place where you will rest, but that you will rest in the place of prosperity that I've called you to. Yeah, you, so when we rest in the fact that we are close to the shepherd, and all our needs are met, he lets us rest in a place of prosperity and health. When we miss to live in a place of rest, we miss being content. We miss where we are. And then we start to fear because of what we need. That's usually what happens. Every time I find myself in a place of need, anxiety, and stress, I realize that I haven't been in God's rest. I've been looking at the things that I need more than the God who gives them. And it brings me back to that place that said, let, Henny, where's your focus? And this is what David said in the Scriptures. He said, he, he said that, that I, will give, I, I will let you rest in green meadows. I will let you rest. I will let you rest. I won't make you rest. It's a choice. See, so it usually shows us, it shows me where my eyes have been wandering to away from the shepherd to my needs or do i stay close to the shepherd where i know that my needs are met but as soon as i wander away to the sweet grass that i think there is and i jump off cliffs the shepherd will come and get me but i would learn a lesson (laughs) i would realize that far from a shepherd is not a blessing then let's look at the next verse or the next line he says he leads me besides peaceful streams and he renews my strength. Isn't that so beautiful? How many times have you been on a hike or a run and you get super thirsty and you realize that, oh, my water is done. It's finished. Oh, I forgot my water. How many times have I taken my bicycle into the mountain? Halfway to the mountain, I realized, oh, oh no, I forgot my bottle. And I was like, oh. after 20 k's, I can't take it anymore. It's like, I'm so thirsty. It's not, fun. it's not fun knowing that you are thirsty and you don't have water. Am I right? But you need water. There's something about water. You have no energy. It's like a car running, uh, running out of petrol. It won't start. It won't go. It doesn't have any power. It, just, it doesn't work. That's how God made us. The amazing thing when you are thirsty and you come to a place where there's water and you just have that first big drink of water. What happens to us? Energy comes. There's an energizing moment. Strength comes back. It's amazing what water can do to our strength, isn't it? The word says it renews our strength. What does the word renew mean? It means to extend something validity. The validity of something, it renews it. But it also says it gives new life. That's what renewing means. Renew. It re-denew. I'm giving new life to it. Now when we submit to be led, and it's important to know, when we submit to be led, we trust, we follow, and we obey. Isn't that right? We trust. I submit to you to lead me then I trust you I follow you I obey you that's what to be led means now to lead means to give directional information or detail the person you knows uh, the person knows where they want to go but they don't know how the direction is to get there they need someone to lead them that's what that lead means now when we open our lives to God we, to lead us and to direct us, He gives us strength into every situation. Every step we take, is, we've got strength because we've given Him the right to lead us. And when we, when we let fear and anxiety lead us, what happens? We step out of that place of rest. We step out of that place of rest and peace and get sidetracked by our direction. We, we, not, we lost direction. You can get back onto it, but because we stepped away from the, from the shepherd who leads, we lost our direction or where we have to go. Now, when we give over to God, our shepherd, to lead us, we find a place of rest and peace. We find that place of rest. And find that place of peace. And that morning when I was sitting there with my devotion, I realized that I was, I was a wandering sheep. I wandered away from God. And I came to a place where I was so fearful and anxious of the need that was in front of me or the, this challenge that I was looking at that I didn't even know where the shepherd was. And it's so amazing. As soon as I cried out to the shepherd, he was there. He was there. And he stepped in. And He restored my directional focus. Now let's look at the last verse. He says, He guides me along the right path, bringing honor to His name. Now to guide is instructional. Where to lead is directional, to guide is instructional. It is to show the way. To show the way. When someone knows where they they have to go, they know the direction, but they don't know what to do or how to get there, they need a guide to instruct them. They need a guide to instruct them where? And when we let God God guide us in our lives, it will bring amazing things to others. Why? Because it will honor His name as you let God use you in your life. As you let God use the gift in your life. As you let God guide you with what He's given you in your life it will bless others and it will bring honor to His name. Now I want to encourage us today as I finish. And if you take these four verses you can say the following. God speak to you and said if you feel like you don't yet see the finish line for this year and you feel like there's so many things overwhelming you God is saying the following. says, I'm your shepherd. I will protect you and I will feed you. You will have all that you want and all that you need if you stay close to me. I will lead you to a place of rest where you will find prosperity and you will find health. I will guide you to a life-giving water source and renew your strength. I will show you the right path to go so that, so that through your life I will be honored as you step out and do what I've called you to do. God has set us up to finish strong. Did you know that? He has set us up to finish strong. Now this week I saw a picture on Facebook and I looked at it and I thought, "Oh, that's nice and I went on and it, and it literally, it bugged me for the whole day. So I went back and searched for it, and you probably have seen seen it, and it's that picture. And under the picture it says, are you willing to step away? And I thought, that is weird. I'm talking about addictions and it's all about that, but I thought, that's much more than that. It is much more than that. Mm -hmm. See, it spoke to me and it said, what happens if we step away or not endure? What happens when we are making a decision that says... Oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to finish strong. I'll do it next year. See, if we step back or step out of the race God has for us, we will keep others away from the life that God has given us. God wants to, to do something through our lives. He wants to do something through my life and I'm, if I'm tired and if I step away from His plan and from His purposes and from what He's calling me to do, then I'm keeping life from others. I'm keeping a gift that God has given me away from people who wants to be blessed by Him. See, we can't afford not to run this race with endurance and finish strong. I can't afford not to. I can't afford not to finish for my children's sake. I can't afford not to finish for this town's sake. I can't afford not to finish And I can go on and on. So many of us are afraid to step up. And I realize there's so many conversations I have, so many people I pray for, so many people we know. If I read Facebook, if I read Instagram, I see this on social media that I'm not willing to, I I can't. I'm struggling. I don't want to step up. I'm afraid. What is going to happen if I do this? I don't know, if, what is going to happen if I just give my wallet and everything to the Lord? What's going to happen if I just relinquish all control and religious hold that I have over my life and just say, Lord, just take everything. I just want to experience who you are in my life. What is going to happen? See, God's going to ignite something in your life that will change you for the rest of your life, but not just you, everyone around you. And it will be a chain reaction that ignites a generation. That ignites us to reach. And I want to encourage us with that. When I sat there with the Lord that, that morning and I realized that I was stepping out. I was tapping out. You know that when you wrestle and it's like when you tap out. It's like I can't take it anymore. I'm just going to tap out. And that morning I realized th- there is no way that I will tap out on life there is no way that i will tap out on my calling and who god called me to be there is no way that i'm going to miss what god wants to do through my wife through my life and through my wife's life through my children's life through the life of this church and through every one of your lives we are not going to tap out but we're going to endure we're going to finish with our torch still lit not worrying if we are strong enough or fast enough or do we grow fast enough or do we do this enough or that enough. No, we will finish enduring what God has given us. And when you come to that place where you endured and you finish, I mean, the feeling is just incredible. And the knowing is even better. Knowing that God has called me to do this. I've done it so well. I've got a friend, a um, they will come and preach here one day. It's um, John and Rona Miller. You guys probably know them. Um, some of the Every Nation folks will know them. But such a phenomenal couple. So good friends of us. And two years back they've retired. Out of ministry. And he, spoke, he said on his Facebook. He said. Finally the day has come that John and Rona has retired. I only have one thing to say. I didn't mess up. I made it. <laughs> and he made it. He said now i do more than i've done in ministry but i've made it to the first finish line now god has given me a new race to run a new race with more and greater and amazing things now they've they've written with their tandem bike across europe raising funds for timbalicha they've went through from one state to two other states in america raising i mean it's just they don't have an end, and they're 68 years old and almost say i mean they just keep on going now they've started a new church in Krabow. It's <laughs> just, they have never in. But they've came to this place that we will never tap out, no matter what God gives us. We will always let that match burn so that we can ignite others around us and never stop. Amen. Let's, let's pray together. We can stand together. and we can, Let's pray and just trust God. Father, we thank you this morning.